Welcome to Circuit and Gear, a podcast about scenic automation and other cool tech. I'm Cody Green. I'm Christian Bassey. I'm Harry Beauregard. And I'm Mike Wade. Welcome back. Hey. So uh, the VNext development is uh, coming coming right along. We are getting dangerously close to the minimum viable product, which is that... Uh, so we sent off the PCB to go to a third-party review, which I believe we talked about before. Um Mm-hmm. Or maybe that was in the podcast with Gareth, and that might have got cut. But either way, oh, uh, right. send it out to review. Kind we send it out to, to review. It, do it upright. Yeah. yeah, you know, <laughs> trying to make the get all of the dumb mistakes handled before we get the first batch made. So they are just finishing up the final routing of that now, and hopefully by the end of this week, it'll be ready to send off. And we'll be able to get the first first round of uh, PCBs, so we can start testing on those. And then right. the software is also coming along too, or firmware, yeah, and software Spikemark too. Mm-hmm. But um, you can yeah, now it's pretty exciting locally jog. You can do a network jog. You can do basic queues most of the time, and you can do stacked queues most of the time. So like <laughs> the minimum viable product of queued motion we're almost there yeah that's that's awesome yeah you've been posting up like little uh like videos here and there of like either ui elements or stuff moving around it's been it's been cool to yeah. see yeah because i made a well so at the moment i can't use it within with a vfd because right of the all the noise and all of the jumper wires that I have connecting everything on the prototypes sitting at my desk, which just act as antennas. And that's not great for signal integrity. And so (laughs) anytime you turn the VFD on the communication between the microprocessor and the motion controller dies, and that's not ideal. So I made a supersized trainee and a uh, DC Minirac drive. And I've been using that and I even figured out how to make it not whiny it's very whiny. Oh, the last couple of days here in the office. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been just constantly running it back and forth. Um, yeah, so we're very close to the this big milestone of minimum viable product. Yeah, that I, I was reading through our notes and I saw it said almost to MVP, and I was <laughs> like, that sounds MVP. I mean, that's that's the best, right? Yeah, go, go for gold. <laughs> go for gold. Goat status already. <laughs> so when they're reviewing the board they find anything interesting well some of the cool stuff is like they found several places where we could simplify our circuits so we've been using um these very large relatively speaking to pcbs and modern components very large opto isolators for the inputs and outputs with a bunch of filtering on the input side and a bunch of filtering on the output side to make it all work nicely and be uh, relatively robust from interference and wiring it wrong. Mm-hmm. And um, and the key thing there was it was an opto-isolator, except because this is the fifth revision of this board now, and somewhere along that line, uh, it no longer became isolated. So it was kind of not doing anything. Oh. And so they recommended this other chip that combines all of those input filtering, output filtering, and... Um, the actual like opto isolator into this one single package and so like 
tons of space saving savings on component costs. So they've been able to find cool things like that to like simplify. And then similarly with the power supply, which is a very big problem at the moment, supply chain wise of getting voltage regulators. Mm-hmm. We've had to switch to the through hole version on our current board because we could get those, but you can no longer get those. So again, and that's like five or six different components that all work together right. to step down 24 volts to five, which the board needs. And turns out they actually make these little, uh, they're DC-DC converters, but it's like a single package that combines all of that. That is three pins, that is through hole, that is kind of standardized. So you're not locked into a single uh, single vendor and stupid cheap, like $3 for all of it. So Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I remember all the woes with <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. That became a big linchpin for a, a while, right? Yeah, and like so yeah. much so that like I convinced Gareth to buy a dry cabinet, and we bought like hundreds of the through hole variant, and we're running out of those, and we can't buy those anymore. And like this kind of solves that problem because you can just these guys are out, you can just start buying them from these, and it's just drop in. That's awesome. Yeah. So they've been able to do stuff like that, and then also, you know, just looking it over with a fine tooth comb and being like improving routing, and like we're also now going to have. Uh, LEDs on all the inputs and outputs so you'll know just standing at the board if it's on or off that's cool oh that's cool that's sweet yeah just you know like simple things like that where it's like oh yeah because we have them currently on the um, STR STF and enable signals and then they were like you know you could add them to all of them it's like huh we could couldn't we that's kind of a good idea (laughs) let's do that so just having this other set of eyes on it has been helpful somebody who's not you know, lost in the, lost in the weeds on everything. Right. Yeah. Cause like every time we've taken a crack back through, it's like usually for like a feature upgrade or, you know, you're, we're looking right. so far, like worried down the line. It's cool. Right. To like pull it all back to just like, you know, get some experts in here that are really, right. They really spend all day, every day doing thing. this. Yeah. Yeah, working exactly. Out, working outside of the paradigm of what we've done before. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the, in the specific engineer that's working on it with us is like, he does a lot of, factory automation and you know that kind of industrial automation application work so very much knows the harsh environments it's in and oh sweet yeah it's been really good that's awesome yeah i'm super excited you sent me some screenshots of what it's looking like and uh it's it's pretty hot like similar but different yeah like (laughs) yes like yeah there's like some like clever things like oh look at that oh that's neat oh right cool, cool And like you appeased me in the in the greatest of ways, and I didn't even ask for it. Which... Right, you weren't even here; you were on vacation. And I was like, "Cody's gonna want to have something to say about this," so I just <laughs> I just changed it for you. Yeah. So yeah, now the the buttons and the center of the screen and the knob all actually have the same center line. Yeah. Before they were just slightly yeah askew. It's like you know fractions of a millimeter off. Because mm-hmm. I was measuring it, because I wanted to know how off yeah. it was or wasn't, and it's like, you know, a couple millimeters, fractions of a millimeter, like yeah. it's very close. So, don't worry, yeah. I went into the fusion file and dragged it three tenths of a mil. Perfect. <laughs> Just <to the> left. <laughs> no, no, no. It was a diagonally. Yeah. <laughs> mm, of course, of course. Yeah. For funsies. Yeah. You just rotate <laughs> yeah. it half a mil. Yeah, the new board is sweet. I mean, the like looking at the like the way the the PMD board like lines up and has like the RJ45 coming out of the bottom. Yeah. 
I think it's just like super slick. Like I think it's going to be, it's cool. Yeah, because it should help with the wiring. When we go to wire it, it still fits in the, mm. I think it's, uh, what's three U's? It's seven inches, eight inches. Less than that. It's that? five. Oh, five. Six. Three U is. It's 1.75 times three. Right. Math. Five something. Doesn't well, matter. Yeah. This yeah, fits like in. 5.25. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doesn't like, matter. Because uh... this fits in three years with space right. on the top and the bottom still. So that's that's pretty sweet. But yeah, so that's coming along really well. But also, while that's been going on, I've also been doing some uh, uh, Spike Mark 5 little updates and little bug fixes and little uh, tweaks. Tweaks, you know, improvements like. Uh, Probably the most noticeable and probably the best is we're now adding in uh, buttons for the consulate and the pendant right from the main UI. Yeah, yeah, it's I'm excited about that one especially. Like in Spike Mark, you know, previous era Spike Mark, Spike Mark Four, Spike Mark Four, you had the little consulate kind of icon always hovering, kind of like yep. top left. Yeah, um, quick access. That would kind of like quick access to it and then like as we went through spike mark five and did the ui we're like yeah 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 and then we'll you know we'll figure that out and then it kind of just kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed right and pushed into a menu (laughs) and then pushed into a menu (laughs) and then you know as you start to like use it in anger you're like wait is my console that's not connected like what the heck or like oh i'm you know right where do i have to go to do this thing that i used to just be like you'd always kind of remind remember to do because right because you'd see it staring at you yeah um especially like the consulate connecting woes like if you don't have one and it's trying to connect that can be bad or you know (laughs) right right or like it never connected because you didn't plug in the network cable but you don't know that because you closed the little screen and you don't right. see it yeah yeah or oh my queue never loads and you're like oh because it's in hold to run mode and i don't know why right <laughs> like, i don't remember that i did that it's not immediately apparent so so yeah so i added some buttons with uh different backgrounds to let you know the status of them for both the pendant and the consulate and then also right. for the pendant updated its configuration wizard to match uh, the consulate more closely and uh looks like a real thing now and not just a development feature or something (laughs) yeah yeah it's cool like to draw those two you know in the background what's happening in both of those boxes is is quite different but like from the i want to plug in my control device perspective from like the user we're like we should try to get this to be like as transparent (laughs) and like as similar so that you know because it no is surprises yeah because it is kind of like the from the user standpoint it's the same thing as like yep and i need to put in that ip address and i need to click connect right exactly so now that it has a, a similar feel to the console at window i think that's more clear i'm totally stoked about it i only learned about it today mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i like offhandedly <laughs> mentioned it while we were talking about something totally different and mike's like we did what and i was yeah. like oh you didn't see what the now? ui mock-ups or the <laughs> any of the videos christian posted <laughs> like no what that was i guess that was kind of like a ping between you and me just public to everybody it was had to yeah. go looking <laughs> like yeah in a to-do yeah bill, like yeah. off somewhere that i'm not that i wasn't part of and that i wasn't watching and i was like oh yeah. there it is yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah and i'm sure like as you poked into it there's like 
a big thread of like, here's what I think the UI mockup should look like. Christian posting the first version, me like, you know, responding yeah, about some stuff, back and some forth options, and, yeah. and like a whole conversation and thread about it. Yeah. And then finally a video of it like functioning and working. And you're like, yeah. oh yeah, there was a whole a development cycle. <laughs> so the whole that thing that went on. <laughs> all in Rada's download folder. Yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> like, where's that stored? Oh, I got it over here. I think I'm stoked about it though. I think it looks awesome. I can't wait to I can't wait till we get to play with it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other big thing, another big UI thing with the the gluttonous gazelle release coming soon is uh when you uh, resize all of the panels, so properties panel, the showstopper, the three model views, the uh, your queue list and your model view totally, like all of those, you can drag to wherever and zoom in and orbit however you want. And now all of that persists in your show file. So you can save it and it'll reopen to how you had it. That's awesome. Which is amazing. And um, yeah. And it'll reopen to whatever workspace you have open. So if you save it in jog mode, oh. it'll open in jog. If you save it in queue, it'll open in queue. If you're doing something that's crazy big. and you save it in preset, it'll open it in preset. I mean, that's my favorite workspace. <laughs> that's where I do all of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have I have a little note, like, I don't know, maybe a couple of months, maybe it was a couple of months ago now, before you started this new round of updates where I was like, I've got this note that it's like, update U- UI mockup for updated presets. Mm. It's a not... <laughs> often used uh you know feature or tool set but then Mm -hmm. like the people that use it love it right and are stoked about it or like Mm -hmm. use it all the time and i'm like man it is i mean almost like the spike mark uh pendant drop downs it's like yeah it's it does it technically yes (laughs) like (laughs) yeah i'm like oh man that's that is one it's it's in it's in the hopper to like get a, a refresh especially because it didn't receive any updates between right. four spike mark four and five four presets well that's not true it did get the new little orbit box for the uh, model views so well, yeah but that did <laughs> i'm sure you saw my yeah details no uh, yeah uh yeah but yeah no actually the um actually turns out though i believe it's the Guthrie, right, uses presets like in their normal like oh, show yeah. flow. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of funny, right? Like, yeah. I mean, funny. Yeah. Just like I think they're probably the only people outside of a TV studio. Yeah, to use presets. Yeah, I mean, from the perspective of like, I don't really. I just want to think about this motion, right? Like, I want to like right. move this thing out and get you know this pant that you know these open and then that comes down. You're like oh yeah i don't have to like look for a queue or run a queue stack i just like go over here and like hit a preset and go like right oh and, that's that makes sense and that idea of it too is something we have often talked about like how do we incorporate that kind of an idea into like the into the queue queue uh, list right? yeah of, like mm-hmm. it's this sequence of things that you know always happens like for example you want to raise a lift open the sunroof raise the lift you want to lower the lower the lift it's lower the lift then close the sunroof as a simple example right and right it happens in that sequence every time you need to run it mm-hmm. and is there some way to uh to to make that easier or better or different in the queue list kind of like presets but programmed yeah yeah we throw that around a bit like especially as we start looking at ui and stuff like that like, like oh man really these three cues that are all linked to each other is really right. like, you know, it's a lot of 
real estate and space and brain to evaluate what the hell's going on when really like what i want is just like three lines like right <laughs> move and you know especially like fx you gotta like turn it on and turn it off again so you've got these like stacks of things when you're just like ah man right this is just the lift or this is just the cue to make the hydraulic lift go up it's just one yeah. action though right yeah but that's not in this latest release. That's just a thing that's, we've been talking about. Not that's just yeah. one of our internal always struggles. Because yeah. it's funny because it sounds very simple, but then as we start to dig into it, you're like, well, could we? And as you start to go, you're like, well, it just like fundamentally breaks what a queue is, you know? Right. Like, <laughs> right. One one access occurs once in a queue. Like, right. Okay. Cool. Right. What if it didn't? <laughs> and yeah. then you're all of a sudden you're off. You're down a dark path. Yeah. And not undoable, um, but it's just like it's not a quick you know, yeah, one week sprint. Hit. Yeah. But the other UI things of being able to save how you have uh, organized all your UI stuff, that is. And so we are well, a couple of days away from being able to really release that. Have to do a little more testing in the shop so we can feel confident and then uh, then look for that update. Yeah. 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 It's a cool one. I think it's, I don't know. For this one, it feels like it's, um, you know, there's a couple other notes and things that happen in the background that aren't as like user apparent, but like right. the the consulate and pendant status as well as the like the workspaces is like, that's some really nice like quality of life right there. Just like yeah. baked in. A little for us, a little for you, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the best way to do it. Right, exactly. But then other than those development things, Harry, last time you were talking about uh, the new four post lift we were doing and... This time, you actually uh, took it out to uh, Texas. Yeah, yeah. Between last episode and this one, I uh, went down and installed it uh, for its maiden voyage um, down at the Alley Theater. Um, and the folks down there were seemed pretty thrilled uh, to get it in. Uh, it was a couple-day install, uh, kind of one for mechanical, one for controls and whatnot, and getting it in the hole and, and all that fun stuff, fun jazz. Um yeah, and I think it, I think it all went pretty smoothly. Um, the pieces just went together. It was no, not it was very tightly fit to their gorgeous trap room, <laughs> but <laughs> there was about uh, definitely less than a quarter inch on either side, and definitely some contact to their their trap room joists. Uh, which they, they when I got there, they were like, "Oh, I thought figured you put that bracing that close as a as a intentional thing," and I was like, "Oh, I never saw how it." interacted i sent you a model and you guys said good <laughs> and i was like oh i was like oh i didn't uh yeah that's this tight <laughs> it was, it was, but uh yeah no it worked out really easy just toss some shims in there shoot some lags you're good to go it's very very stout um both the lift but also their trap room um there's it's they have a gorgeous space that uh, it's been renovated a few times due to a combination of intentional renovations and natural disasters uh over the last few years <laughs> <laughs> um but it's uh yeah they got all these like glue lamb beams uh across the their trap room and big heavy duty lolly columns so it's, it's you know kind of reconfigurable and it really opens up a lot of room for activities in there um such as reassembling the posts for the lift that uh, we need to do because we broke them down for shipping um so all that went pretty smooth um and shout out to Eric and Chris and Aaron and the rest of the scenery team. They were all really awesome rock stars and just uh, pushed right through everything and uh, kind of was doing it right on time, which is always great when that happens. And I got to sample yeah. uh, all the fine tacos that Houston has to offer. <laughs> well, not all of them, but many of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Chris over there, uh, I went to college with. I think he was a 
carpenter for me when I was like a master carp or something like that in school. Maybe I was ATD. I don't remember uh, exactly. But uh, yeah, yeah. Special shout out. It's cool when you're like, oh, hey, you're down and you're down getting some cool stuff from us. That's awesome. Uh, I was on vacation, so I was I got a text from him and from Harry and I was like, ah, yeah, I'll get back to him. And I did so. <laughs> <laughs> and actually what you were saying earlier, he specifically was asking about uh, re- uh, workspace reconfiguration. So I think this new update will hopefully be a big win for them as nice. well down there. Oh, sweet. I love it when it all works out that way. Yeah, yeah. exactly how we find it. We, <laughs> we did it just for you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Synergy. <laughs> small correction chris was mentioning that the spike pane in the jog menu he did not like the scroll bar but i think we can all agree about that one well i think the next thing we got on our list here is uh kind of a combo of things uh we <laughs> we recently uh upgraded a bunch of our rental stock yes yeah so we <laughs> I don't know. We've mentioned it a few times, but it's really hard to get stuff uh, yeah. <laughs> around, yes. around these parts, uh, especially VFDs. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we concocted this, this plan. It's a good plan. Uh, it was a good plan. It's a good, it's a good in plan. Theory. For in sure. theory. It was yeah, a good yeah. plan nine months ago and it remains a good plan. Yeah. And it remains when it comes to fruition uh, fully. Um, yeah. We, you know, we were kind of told by Mitsubishi that like, Hey, we want to order these 800s, these 800 VFDs, and they're like, "Cool, we will do that." And then like a thousand asterisks of, "Yes, you can have these technically." Right. Uh, <laughs> and in air quotes. In these air are... quotes, like, "Yeah, sure, you can have those." Yeah, um, they're available technically. <laughs> and so when it became clear that that wasn't going to happen, didn't, yeah. that wasn't really going to happen, Oof. we were able to like also theoretically get some. E800s instead, which we which had played around the, with. Right. And we're hoping to be able to use in Stagehand V next because it's right. smaller and cheaper and has just about all the same feature set. Yeah. Most of the same feature set as the A800. Right. So we had this idea that, well, we'll order a bunch of the E800s. And then we've got this rental stock that we send in and out. And it's they're all chock full of A800s. Right. Um, and they've been cared for and like, you know, they're great drives. And so very yep. robust. So we're like, cool, we'll pull the 800s from our rental stock. Yep. We'll shoot those into new Pro 4s right. that our loving customers have been patiently waiting for. <laughs> um, and then we, now we got the E800s, we'll upgrade our rental stock to run on E800s so that we can get like, you know, get drives moving and rented to folks and, you know, cut our teeth a little bit more with the E800s. Right. Like, on some jobs that we're already involved with because we're renting it. So, you know, we, we are supporting it anyways. Like it's all, you know, like we're much done a more bunch of internal testing yeah. and now it's time to, you know, make it, take it out into the wild. Right. Um, Cause another notable difference too, is you can't access the, the keypad for the VFD from the outside. So it's yeah. a much more of a hassle to be able to update parameters as an example. Right. I'd say that's like the, I mean, One of it the has biggest. a little less yeah. I.O., which yeah. we've kind of worked through because there's yep. quite a few open ports on the 800 than our, on our current implementation anyways. But right. a little bit less I.O., which affects mm-hmm. a few things, but nothing drastic. But then the main one is like you either get like a keypad mm-hmm. or 
Modbus. Like Modbus. We would we need the Modbus. Mod bus. Yeah. <laughs> Modbus is awesome. Yeah. So yes. So we like opted out of the keypad and went for Modbus. From the outside, if you don't know what's going on inside, you'll notice there's one gray box missing, and that's the keypad. <laughs> um, so it's just an extra couple steps to configure, um, which is easy for us because we can plug in the lap our laptops and just just do it. Dump all the parameters right using the configuration right. software, but it's not really something that can uh, we can expect anybody else to be able to do. So right at the moment, it's we wanted to put them into rentals because we have right. a lot more control over it. Right, because we'll prep them before they go out, and then you right. know, the things that you are likely to touch are already exposed in Spike Mark via yep. Modbus. Yep. So, um, so yeah, so that was the plan, and we did it. So we got a we got a big shipment of the E800s in it, in and you know installed, yep. and we're, we're well, still only like, like two months late, but they showed yeah. up. Yeah, it's better than twelve. Well, that the A800s are currently I, running. I believe we're over 12 now, but yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, what do we call it? We call them Pro... I made the silk screen. I should know this. Pro 3E's. Three yeah. yeah. We went straight to Apple's book of naming. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Pro 3E plus Max Ultra. <laughs> um. And that's most of what I know. And someone yeah, yeah. that was more involved should totally yeah, yeah, yeah. take the lead. So we did all of that, and it's great. And then one of the first jobs, well, not one of the first job to go out and use them was for um, the Kennedy Center is doing, uh, they're lifting a a large wall with eight chain motors. They did the, it's like the same effect they did uh 2019 um, with us. So... 2020 was it 2020 it was totally 2020 mm, yeah okay. we loaded it in and then they unloaded it as <laughs> soon as they closed <laughs> gotcha <laughs> um so it was an effect we did with them before and so it was like this would be perfect we already kind of know what the whole setup's gonna be it's chain motors everybody's favorite and uh should be great um so rada was gonna go out there and then uh, last minute uh, got COVID, so he couldn't go. So then Zep had to hurry up and get on a plane to go down and do the install. And then what was supposed to be two days on site turned into um, a week, week and a half. Almost uh, a week. Almost just a week. A, yeah, it, was, it, was, it wasn't a week and a half. He was, he was embellishing. Okay. He didn't leave uh, until like Tuesday. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> uh, <laughs> turned into a little bit more because we ran into a bit of an issue with the e800 and the brake resistor sizing so currently we're using the same brake resistor in the pro three e's nailed it that we use in the <laughs> in the pro threes and in the pro fours with the a800 oh this could be a lot of letters uh and it's a 40 ohm 300 watt resistor and both the E800 and the A800 call that resistor out as the like standard 10% duty cycle braking resistor. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, great. Don't have to change that. Keep using that. But once uh, Zep got it all installed and we're at, was actually able to run it the four, full 400 inches of travel, we ran into some problems with uh, over voltage, which translates to overload. 
specifically in the down direction. In yeah. the down direction. Yeah. Yep. Like coming in. Yeah. Yep. And uh <laughs> telltale sign of a telltale sign. problem. Right. <laughs> and we did uh for the California job months ago, we also did this whole brake resistor uh dance trying to figure out what to use and we ended on some really massive uh like three U brake resistors. It's just right. massive. Um but but I don't think we had any overvoltage issues. We did uh, yes and no. I think we oh. did run into it with um a f- like weirdly, I mean the slowest axes with the longest moves that they were just like continuous oh, yeah. dumping. Oh, yeah. yeah. Energy like we had to like, you know, get a little a bit of like uh we had to mess with parameters and a bunch of other things to get those to actually work even with the larger resistors. I think on two of those axes. So like we were all kind of like laughing to ourselves before because we're like these things are stupid they're so ridiculous there's no shot that we really need these and then like it was slightly vindicating because you're like oh yeah okay turns out like (laughs) turns out yeah it it does come up (laughs) you're talking about the really heavy axes right the ones that might have been overloaded slightly that one it was that one and the uh front of house pipe one because it had the longest travel right right yes and it was crazy slow yeah also as we found out later overloaded (laughs) (laughs) too much weight Um, yeah that kind of overloaded yeah Um, yeah, yeah. but anyway so we ran into that issue with the e800s on site and so having that experience from california we kind of knew what to look at and so we went back started reading through the manuals and turns out the e800 has when it comes to the braking resistor and the braking transistor have two differences and that is the braking transistor's minimum allowable resistance for the brake resistor mm-hmm. for the a800 is i should have looked up the exact number it's 30 something but the minimum resistance for the e800 is 40 and why you might be asking is that important and that's important because the lower the resistance you can get the faster you can dissipate the the energy that you're regenerating and so part of the game that we played with the A800s, A800s in California was lowering the resistance of those giant resistors and increasing the the power factor, power rating, sorry, on them. And right. turns out with the E800s, we were already at the, the minimum allowable resistance. So our only option was to go um, larger power rating. Larger. Yes. larger <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a funny one because when you look it up like when you mm-hmm. look up the base stats and you're looking at like oh what's the break resistor spec you're like oh it's the same this is great and then it's not yeah. until you're like into the weeds of it you're like oh, right. oh and, wait what's and what's all that? those little footnotes yeah <laughs> yeah and so uh yeah so thursday i believe or i guess it was wednesday night thursday morning we decided this was the issue and this is what we needed to do to fix it. So we quick started scrambling to find 1500 watt 40 ohm resistors. turns out we were able to find eight of them, which was great because that's what we needed. And so (laughs) we uh, shipped them down to Zep. I got on a plane, met him down there with it, and we installed them on the uh, outsides of the road cases. So there are now these Nice new shiny 13 by 13 by five and a half inch uh, metal boxes 
little hand warmers, if you will, sitting <laughs> on the sides of the road cases. And once those were installed and we updated the relevant parameters, it was running great. It's pretty, yeah, it's it's awesome that you guys are like, able to quickly like get it turned around, right? I mean, like the idea of showing up next day with a bunch of fucking resistors is pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. Like, like yeah. how many? Oh, eight. It's a lot. I think it was even a Saturday. It was yeah. a like you yeah. ordered that stuff on right. We oh, got that, that. Oh, you're right. It was, Friday. it was Friday. It wasn't Thursday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a Friday. Yeah, and so we ultimately ordered them. Ended up ordering them through Automation Direct, and so I got on the phone to order to make sure it's like these have to be delivered Saturday. Right. And you know, going back and forth, uh, they're large. They're like uh, 15, 16 ish pounds a piece, something like that, and. Uh, talking with the person on the phone they were like um so you can't order eight or it'll have to come ltl so Ugh. we had to so we had to break the order up into luckily we could do four and four and that oh. way it could be overnight uh mm-hmm. <laughs> overnight uh ground or not ground right next day air um but i was gonna say bobby had to make a run up bobby yeah <laughs> so the other thing is these get um break resistors get hot and they're meant to. That's what they're supposed to do. But uh, that means you have to take special considerations when wiring them because you don't want your wires to melt. So the other thing you need is high temperature, high heat wire, which is like this fiberglassy sheathed wire and uh, good for like 600 or so degrees Fahrenheit um, environments. And McMaster has it because McMaster has everything, but it was like twice as expensive as what we can get locally and so uh, semi-locally semi-locally <laughs> uh so bobby drove up to uh boston to uh get us some some wire and they packed that and uh got on a plane and met the resistors in uh dc it's a kind of a crazy thing it's it's good that it all ended up kind of working out and it's like uh you know okay those, uh, right. those are coming back and coming back to the shop soon so we'll do a little more testing get a little right more, and uh, one of the hard things you know is just that uh this kind of an issue really presents itself when you have more travel mm-hmm. and, and for our shop testing, we don't have, we have 10 feet. Yeah. I mean, I think if we did a truss setup in 15, we can get a little more, but yeah, we, there's no way we can get that full travel. And it's not like these weren't load tested at the shop. They were, they just couldn't get the whole run. Yeah. So we were a little blindsided by the fact that uh, we just didn't have the space, but when these come back, we're going to, we have some ideas kicking around of what we can do to uh, yeah. go full travel and do a, some more stress testing on this. Can we get can we get Adrian's wacky machine back? Oh, you know, maybe because because <laughs> that's what we did, and that was yeah. like the most steampunk thing I've ever done. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that's true. We I don't think right. that was in uh, any of the. Uh, I'll add that to the list of uh, could do's. Yeah. I have to imagine that li- that list has got a lot of like like a two to one to a yeah. There's there's a lot of yeah. less awesome options, but we got a lot of chain pulleys sitting around, <laughs> and we know how to make them now. So yeah, uh, so all all's that all's that to say is this is good testing that's coming out of this before we make the jump for Stagehand V next to use this drive is we can iron out the kinks or decide right. this is not gonna work and stick with uh what we know but other than that tech support stuff i think uh the other thing to come out of spike mark five not really 
E800. The drive swap, yeah. The an, a Spike Mark V thing is uh, the E old showstopper, the very first showstopper ever made. The first couple of those. First couple of years, right? I mean, it was like yeah, it was like like two or three years or something. Yeah. Yeah, they don't work with Spike Mark V anymore. They no longer work with Spike Mark V. The E stop still works. Yes, the showstopper but output, the, output the buttons, still works. But the buttons don't. Yeah, no go. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Uh, yeah, because those use uh, an X keys module, which uh, requires a 32 bit only DLL and. Part of the big Spike Mark V upgrade was we switched it over to a 64-bit application um, to be able to utilize more memory for large shows, and meaning we could no longer use that uh, that X keys DLL. So we had to. Uh, it's a small to casualty. Yeah. yeah, small casualty in the war of upgrading Spike Mark. Yeah, yeah, and so far I think all of the tech support questions that have come in have have when they're like oh my gosh my showstopper has just stopped working Mm -hmm. we've it has not surfaced until much later in the conversation that (laughs) in fact it stopped working after they updated spike Mm -hmm. mark Mm -hmm. like on a couple of them they were like yeah it just doesn't work on this computer but it works on this other one and like a like I don't know, in the spring, I think at some point we had somebody, like two people in a row who called from different places. They were like, yeah, this showstopper just doesn't work here in the in the theater, but it works fine in the shop. I don't know what's going on. Different different, different installs spike of SpikeMark, different versions. So that's unfortunate, but had to happen. So pro tip, if you if you have an old showstopper and you update to SpikeMark 5 and it no longer works, it's not a tech support problem. It's a hardware compatibility issue. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I think also, Cody, too, didn't you jump in a little bit on some uh, tech support this last month? Oh, yeah, I did. I did. I took a, a late night, I don't know, late evening mm-hmm. call, hopped in to help, because I think Zep, during other shenanigans that have occurred, uh, Zep was riding solo uh, at the shop. Right. And... Uh, so I swung in to help on some tech support stuff and um, answered a call about um, some machines that we had retrofit, um, which I had done some of the design work on, uh, which is like some roll drops and uh, like an old Hudson winch. And um, they had just finally got them going and um, we're having some struggles with uh, getting the cues to run. Uh, mm-hmm. So everything was working in, Jogging from the stage hand, jog it from the consulate. Everything's fine. Go to run a queue. Nothing works. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was talking to them. And uh, they, so it was a roll drop coming in up and down. Um, they were just um, had just scaled everything and said it wasn't running a queue anymore and um, was able to like, I was like, OK, well, yeah, let's just like, you know, step through it, um, try to jog it again. While you mm-hmm. look at like while I'm on the phone and tell me like you know what the current speed is, and he said like three eight nine six, and I was like, oh like <laughs> three eight point nine six, like uh-huh. 30, 30, 39 inches a second. It's like no 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 three thousand eight hundred ninety eight <laughs> ninety six inches, inches a second. 
I was like, that's a little, that's pretty quick. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's not, it's not really going that fast, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> was it Harry? Told me it's like several miles an hour. I forget how many. It was like 200 or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh God. Um, yeah. So it was like, oh, you got a scaling problem. Great. Sweet. So then we went, I was like, cool, you just did it. So let's just, just step through it one more time on the phone. See if there was like a, you know, extra zero somewhere. We can figure mm-hmm. this out. And then promptly it was like, Ooh, I don't know if we got a tape measure anywhere. I was like, <laughs> that'll come up. I don't, I don't know how you just did the scaling then. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> I'm starting to get a better picture of what's going on here. Yeah. Um, I bought, which it. I think ended up being a bit of a miscommunication on just how it worked. Like they mm. knew how high off the truss was that the roll drop was in. And they knew mm-hmm. it was like, you know, somewhere around 20 feet. Um, mm-hmm. And they knew it came into the deck and it stopped about six inches short. And so like, cool, I'll just run into the limit on the top and I'll run uh, it down uh-huh. and then kind of do a rough, like that's how far it went. Yep. And that's just like, you know, in theory sounds great. And then just in practice is just, Nowhere near accurate enough. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause you know, it just it gets out of hand really quick. So we were able to like like, you know, within a few minutes. So he's like, Well, I don't have I don't have a ladder tall enough to get up there or you know, whatever. And I was just like, Well, it honestly, we're so far off now. Like, let's just <laughs> get it as low as it'll go so we can call it zero. Yeah. And then, you know, six, seven feet, eight feet, whatever you can reasonably measure. Yeah. Yeah, get that and just know if we're in the ballpark because there totally could be something else happening. Right? Wrong. Like if yep. the encoder is mm-hmm. wrong and you totally did scale it properly and it's just counts are all f- screwy, then like we could be in the same scenario. Right. Um, but no. Yeah. Then it, it very quickly started working. Yeah. So. Uh, so pro tip, have a tape measure. I think pro tip is just have a tape measure. If you're going to do some scaling, bust that tape measure out because it's going to. It's going to be It'll great. come up pretty quick. It'll come yeah. up pretty quick. Yeah. Mm. And also check your speed when you go to like jog it. Like if that exact oh, same thing yeah. happens, just like the off the bat, try to jog it. And if the skit, if the speed is just crazy out of whack, then, you know, the queue will never run because it's trying to go turbo. Like, right. <laughs> right. Um, Those numbers have meaning. Exactly. Yeah. So. That was a fun one. That was like a, I don't know. It was a bit of a softball pitch for me on hopping into the tech support fire. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I walked away, walked away feeling badass. And I was like, oh yeah, everybody used to get these calls more. And that's probably one of the easier ones I've ever encountered. I think that week, I think when that happened, Cody, I think, let's see, I think Rada was, Rada was on site. I was out doing some, training tim was yep. out like everybody mm-hmm. was gone and and Zip was totally like um life preserver please i'm a little yeah up. <laughs> i think he was like prepping some big rental maybe it was even the kennedy one i don't know he I was think it like was the kennedy center oh yeah 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 he was like help me help me which was funny as i didn't even know what the deal was because gareth is the one who called me he was like hey can you go call these people go like, oh, yeah sure <laughs> like who's underwater oh zep oh sorry bud yeah because Mike, you were out doing some training. I was. You've been yeah. shouting it from the rooftops for I as long as I've known you. I mean, and like, feels like forever. Yes. Some folks yeah. finally answered the call. They saw the Mike Wade bat signal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, so I think, um, yeah, our friends at the Marriott in, um, in Chicago, um, they had called about getting some training. We put all that stuff in and like, I think that we put in a pretty big system, a whole bunch of hydraulics mm-hmm. um, and some spotlight minis in the summer of 2019. Yeah. And, right. you know, and then I think we were there for the, I think we were present for like the first two load-ins maybe for mm-hmm. one reason or another. And so they, and then all of a sudden, you know, every, everything closed, right? And mm-hmm. now they're just coming back to it. And so they got into their first, I think, full-blown load-in. Mm. and and it and you know and the folks from the scene shop and the folks from the theater were all like oh god we don't what's going on with all this stuff and um so they they found some time and we managed to get some get a couple days worth of training um out there with them and i think it was pretty good um and uh you know so that was that was pretty cool and then in like it was to 2019, I totally missed my flight leaving Chicago <laughs> because of because I ended up sticking around because they ended up running into some other like queues not running mm. like the morning that I was mm. leaving. <laughs> that sounds, Everything sounds worked right. great yesterday. <laughs> uh, man, I didn't even have to get a call this time. That's that's yeah. I mean, I think that's improvement. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and uh and so and as it turned out, what really got us there uh was just being more aggressive with some with some PID tuning mm. on those hydraulic mm-hmm. lifts. Um mm. they have a pretty complex setup on that show. It's like it's a big ring platform that's got five hydraulic lifts on it. Oh, okay. I mean it's pretty fucking big. It's like 32 mm-hmm. foot in diameter or something. Like a six foot runway basically. And then there's two more sets of lifts, another donut and another ring. And then a, a center, you know, a center piece that's like, I don't know, eight foot, 12 foot in diameter in the middle. Mm. And so they can make a cool layer cake looking, you know, thing and there's lights and there's fog and there's, you know, everything that makes a great musical. Uh-huh. Um, and um, and they had one of these that was failing, and you know, it was a queue just wasn't running, and uh, it was a it was a challenge. But but we got there, and the folks from Ravenswood stuck it out, and um, Matt from Ravenswood, you know, was did all the things and dug under the deck, and you know, made sure we didn't have some like broken part or some other shenanigans happened, and then just with you know a little bit of, a little bit of time and a little bit of patience, we managed to get the the tuning. Just ran right. back up and it ran and, nice. and they run all the way through, which is great. And then that same week I managed to schedule another training out on the West coast. And so, you know, even though I had to change my flight, I still made it on time. <laughs> 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 and, um, and had two days of training out there. And then in the middle of this, we were digging through some, some pretty challenging tech support things happening um with our friends at um the old globe right in san diego and it really became like thursday night as i'm answering as i'm answering more support problems in the middle of their show as things had not run and stopped Mm -hmm. working it was like okay well i'm on the correct coast maybe i should just come (laughs) over 
I'm a lot closer than I normally am. Yeah. So let me yes. let me pop on down. <laughs> Today would be the day to ask me to come out, not on Monday after I'm home. Um, <laughs> and um, and so uh, so a little surprise, you know, trip going going out there on for Saturday, and we um, we did a whole bunch of digging into some like a multitude of of challenges on all sorts of things, <laughs> network connection problems, parameters, cable issues. It was, um, it was, a, it was, it was a lot to get to the end of, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we managed to, they, they, they've still had a few connection problems with some old, with some, with some gear that was shop built by them in like, I don't know, 2000, well, somewhere in like 2008, maybe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they made little, they made stagehands, which is awesome. I mean, this is the thing, you know, OEM cards and make your own, make your own drive and stuff. Um, you know, they're just, um, they've, they've served a good life. And, <laughs> um, and, you know, and they've been bumping into, more and more challenges and this i think this show they had like 20 axes in the oh, show so it was a big show mm-hmm. it's yeah. also a really big show um you know and and so we did some we did some network exploration and i unplugged a whole bunch of cables that weren't connected to anything <laughs> anymore um and we i mean you know I don't know. We have, I think there's a little bit more to figure out in the end, but, um, but we managed to get them to actually have a, sh- you know, have, make it through, make it all the way through a show without an automation failure. That's good. Which is really super. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and then just last week, we had the folks from Networks um, sent over one of their Christmas shows, one of their elf shows with everybody's favorite machines. The curtain calls. <laughs> and um and so we got uh so we got that all set up and and checked all the gear out, updated spike mark and the stage hands and you know, cleaned the spiders out of the out of the stage hand that have been in storage for like two years. Yeah. Um and uh and then did a day of training with them and got hopefully got those guys feeling pretty confident. Um I think today was the first day of their load-in in their tech space. Oh, nice. Oh. So it's probably a good sign that you don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard anything. Maybe I should check in with Rada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but that was pretty awesome. Um, and then I think also sprinkled within all of these shenanigans was a giant turntable for um, San Francisco Opera. It's like a forty-eight foot diameter turntable that we stuffed yeah. four revolvers on to make that thing spin. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Cody, you had you had a hand in some of this too. <laughs> I did. I did. I got a very innocuous uh, design to do that was just like, "Hey, can we? Uh, we got to do like a forfer for a turntable." I was like, "Okay, cool, sure." And then it was like, "Well, it's a forfer plus some thermal overloading." Yeah, that makes sense. Cool, sweet. Then it was like, yeah, so it's like a 10 horsepower stagehand that we have in rental pro that then, you know, jumps into a box and steps out to four apprentice outputs. Right. Um, 
with thermal overloads inside and you know and then also like communicates back to the stagehand to like trip the um the drive to know that it's been overloaded um which there was some some funny moments there about that and just like a uh looking around because i think the last time we'd used um thermal overloads i had drawn them all into the california gig and i was Mm -hmm. kind of the only one hiding all the secrets and (laughs) there was a moment where like oh yeah and then just have a box and it's got the thermal overlaid relays in there and i was like yeah yeah yeah, but like what's interrupting the current and they're like what do you mean yeah we gotta like you know kill the current like well we got the overload relays in there and you're like yeah yeah they just monitor it they don't trip anything like i'm pretty sure that's not how that works i'm like i'm pretty sure that it is (laughs) and um you know it it doesn't happen often but on this one i was correct (laughs) so then it it kind of was one of those funny things that just seemed from kind of coming from the support end like oh yeah we need a four for you're like well you don't we actually need a control box with some some stuff in it and uh it's a little bit more than just uh yeah yeah so but that was a cool one. I don't know. Yeah. I, and I found some relatively cheap uh, enclosure option that wasn't, you know, breaking the bank to like stuff all this stuff in that could fit kind of in a in a reasonable world. Um, and also like had the kind of moment where we were talking about it a bunch and was like, yeah, well, a forfer would have like a it would be just cables. Right. So it would have tails. And it was like, yeah, oh, but mm-hmm. these are going to be like. 10 horsepower you know a 10 horsepower sized gauged input cable going off this Mm -hmm. box filled with a bunch of guts and then four you know dangly tails and like just those like big boxes with squid cables coming off the ends is just always the worst because not ideal yeah so yeah i did have to trudge around a little bit and be like yeah we're not gonna do that we're gonna do this we're gonna you know and here's the box and um and I don't think anybody called me about that one. So I, I, I think it worked. <laughs> <laughs> no news is good news. No well, it news definitely. Is good news. Yeah. I mean, like Tim went out, Tim went to the tech for it. He, they, he mm. went out to the shop in San Francisco, ran into a couple of little things, nothing, nothing totally outrageous, you know, nothing crazy. And they got it running. Um, I think there were some, there were some ambitious ideas of speed of the turntable. Mm. Um, that that ended up i don't know what we i don't know where tim ended up actually with the with the opera and with you know figuring out what the what they really wanted for speed but mm-hmm. um i think we ended up over speeding the drive a little bit to get it there uh-huh. but nothing bonkers you know like um some parameter things maybe that we ended up having to like goof around with to get the four motors to behave properly without any faulting Mm, yeah that that makes some sense you know what's kind of fun i mean we're, we're all just kind of like this kind of core group of us and we're expanding and stuff but like within the past like three years probably two three years we've started you know we have one gig where we do it and we do oh we're just starting to do some more multi-motor okay cool yeah we're gonna use these overload relays okay cool yeah and like between we're like we can't do that without three motors <laughs> right and <laughs> And just like, yes, we know how the drives work way better. Yes, we've done more. We got more reps in on making them work. And right. we know how the hardware works for us better. Like, you know, it's it's a pretty exciting. I think Gareth and I were talking about like, oh, yeah, like we're bidding on some stuff now. 
that is similar in um you know things like oh yeah we kind of did that on that california gig and then we did it again but more polished on this other gig and like you know i think just continuing to refine the refine and refine ideas yeah yeah use the tools better so yeah it's kind of it's kind of cool yeah especially like just digging through those projects in the ether recently it's like what can you get that can deliver in time that's well, we can implement that, and we yeah. have to know how to make that work. <laughs> right. Yeah. To do it. Which then, yeah, pretty sweet. some of the tools we've done in the past kind of speak to. So you're like, oh, sweet. Yeah. we got a pretty solid little team going here. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, other than those uh, fun turntable things, Cody, you also just got back from a little vacation. You were also down in Texas, but for a very different reason. That, were you that in is- Texas? I was in Texas. Yeah, I was down in Texas. I I wasn't. uh, I wasn't where Harry was. We kind of ships in the night, kind of taking our time down in Texas. But yeah, I was in. um, I was in Austin for the F one race at Circuit of the Americas. Yeah, it was. It was awesome. Um, I had never been. I've been following F one for like two and two and some change years now um okay kind of like riding the wave it's gotten super popular um Uh in the states especially like it's been a big deal for a long time but like i just do you have a netflix subscription is is, is that at all related (laughs) to your fandom (laughs) you know what's funny is i so my uh girlfriend ali's brother has been into it for quite a while and he was like talking it up talking it up talking it up and mm-hmm. uh, so I had watched some stuff with him and then I was like, oh, yeah, this is pretty sweet. Yeah, I should get into this. And then like I listened to a podcast randomly that the <laughs> driver Daniel Ricardo was being interviewed on. And I was like, oh, that's badass. And I like I, I inadvertently I skipped the Netflix trend and like clearly is riding <laughs> the right same in. exact <laughs> wave and just w- started watching some races. And then went we back and watched. You got to it before it was cool. <laughs> like I went back to watch the Netflix. I'm not going to say I didn't watch the Netflix series. Like for sure, Drive to Survive <laughs> is badass. But like I, uh, just like weirdly, I mean, I don't know. Yes, I have watched the Netflix series. It certainly has had a huge impact. There's a lot of Netflix fan- Netflix fans of F1 in the United States, especially. I don't know how many British fans we have of this podcast, but they love to shit on <laughs> Americans who started w- watching F1 because of Netflix. Uh-huh. Um, if you're a British fan, write in. Let us know. R- let us know. Let us know that I'm just the worst. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, so I, I've been pretty into it. And, um, and 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 I was told that I could talk about this on our podcast and they would cut me off when I'm saying too much. But... <laughs> uh yeah so it was cool i was i had never seen a race um and so we went down and like i don't know i think i was up at the shop like last fall Mm -hmm. when the tickets went on sale and i was like about to get in the shower headed to the shop and saw that the tickets went up because i got the email or whatever and i was like Uh sitting in my hotel room like i'm just gonna buy tickets so so people will go with me right (laughs) and like (laughs) and they ended up being yes the answer ended up being yes uh people did go with me but um yeah it was awesome we were like at turn 12 on the track uh which Mm -hmm. uh, is kind of on on the track there's like a back straight where like there's a bunch of curves in the first sector and then it comes around and there's a hairpin through the second and then there's just like a giant straight coming back 
and the cars get to about like 200 miles an hour there. And we were like that turn there's, it comes like 200 miles an hour and they take a left-hand turn to go out. So it's like a great spot for like overtaking. So they would mm-hmm. like, you know, ride up mm-hmm. really close to each other. And then it's kind of like a duel of who can break the latest and who's got the fastest car to try to take over and get out in front going around that corner. So like, so they were good seats. Yes, they were fantastic seats. Like we kind of saw everything, like almost all the overtakes that happened on the track, except for mm-hmm. like a few overtakes happened at turn one. Almost all of them happened at turn 12, um, oh, nice. which is where we were. And so we were like second row, right close, like at the like 50 meter, like breaking point, like mm-hmm. right there. Um, and it was awesome. Like, like you could see the cars coming down crazy, crazy fast. And then mm-hmm. they're like DRS flaps, the rear spoilers would flap closed. And then you start seeing them break. And like with this new generation of cars, when you start breaking and you're starting to go into this turn, they would like lower and like sparks would shoot out the back and they'd like hit the corner. <laughs> and like, a few times like they come in too close and they rub wheels and like one guy got pushed too wide and like went off and like it was it was just awesome like uh-huh. you like smell the brakes like burning and cooking like as oh. they're coming down yeah i guess um, you wouldn't necessarily think of that no, as a smell to it <laughs> i was like oh i imagine it'll be loud and it'll be uh-huh. cool to see but i was not imagining that i'd smell it and like you totally yeah it was it was awesome um, that, that's what you missed in the broadcast that's what you miss in the broadcast. It's the smell, smell of vision. F1. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. So it was awesome. Like, super cool. There was, like, a giant accident. Like, one guy ran to the back of the other guy down that same straight going crazy fast. And so, like, mm-hmm. you, like, got to watch all the marshals, like, run across and, like, go to, like, and, like, a, you know, vehicle, like, a cherry picker come and pick up the other, like, the destroyed carbon bits of car that was left like (laughs) off the track it was it was really cool um yeah so huge huge win uh and yeah i got some texas barbecue it was it was nice just a successful trip it was a successful trip the first day we got there i got went and got um my friend that went with me tyler uh is from houston okay originally but his mom lives near the, the track so we stayed with them uh, so first day we got Whataburger because that's what nice. they like. I think uh-huh. I'm supposed to say Whataburger. No, the, the people will let us know. Um, and and then even better was after the race on. Uh, oh, no, it was after qualifier on Saturday. We went and got in and out because they now have in and out in Texas. Oh, OK. And so apple of your eye. Yeah. Yeah. So that was also great. And I got to got to enjoy that but they had never really had it so it was like uh, a little bit of a treat um mm-hmm. of war of worlds there and then um yeah and then after the race we went and got salt lick barbecue and that was awesome so nice. it was it was badass it was cool we'll do again 10 out of 10 if you thought about going to an f1 race i highly recommend it um next year right next one that i think we're going to is montreal next year and then Next year, there's also going to be a race in Vegas, which is my hometown. So, uh, so you're going to skip that one, right? You I don't want to go back there. I would love to go to it. I imagine it's <laughs> going to be so expensive. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. But, so yeah, we'll see. So I did this weekend. So sorry if I didn't reply to your texts or uh, tech support calls because I was on vacation. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's I think that's everything on our list. But uh, thanks, thanks for listening. Thanks, yeah. thanks for checking in. Catch y'all later.
Bye. Bye.